Hey everyone, welcome back to the FPL Script Season 2, Episode 6. I'm your co-host, Fran, otherwise known as FPL Fran, on Twitter, with my co-host here, JD, otherwise known as Schadenfreudist, on Twitter. Of course, this is the Game Week 5 preview, uh, but of before we head into that, just a Game Week 4 sort of review, after a long international break as well, which is still ongoing, of course, we have no major injuries so far, but hopefully that stays the same. In terms of my Game Week 4 recap, though, I had a very, very good fortunate week once again. It really just came down to my one free transfer. I had the chance to go from Scholl to Diaz or from Jao Pedro to Alvarez. And ultimately, with the sort of leak that Luke provided alongside FPL Main Road, who is sort of Raptors' historic source on, on Man City leaks and, and early team news, we got a little bit of insight that Alvarez might start. And that likelihood pushed me towards an Alvarez transfer and really the rest was history because I got super lucky. And, and ultimately, it was a week where a lot of people didn't get many points outside of Holland, who we all own. Yeah, I think the biggest difference was getting a differential score from one of your players. Because uh, apart from Mbuemo, I think and his ownership has increased since game week one. So he's not even that much of a differential anymore. I think he was more of a differential when he got his brace earlier on. So... It was a terrible week for me. As you can see, I got a big fat red arrow. I'm almost at the brink of 1 million. But just waiting for season review to tell me once again how unlucky I am. It could have been better. And hopefully with two free transfers, things will get better from here on. But for now, it's it's quite looking quite dire if I'm being honest. So if we move on to the topics for this week, I think the first thing obviously is uh, double game week 7, which was announced. Luton and Burnley are going to play their game, which was postponed from game week 2, I believe. So, what are your initial thoughts uh, beyond the, the usual picks, like the goalkeepers? What what are you thinking? Are you thinking of getting these players in? Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, I've got no interest in these players whatsoever. In fact, I, I ran a couple solves and, of course, you know, different points in time, but sometimes it's just been up to 0 0.2, 0 0.3 in certain weeks compared to just rolling in game week seven. So I've got no transfer plans whatsoever to go towards these players. I also didn't start with any of these players. So I suppose I'm in a little bit of a different territory than most. Um, I have seen some managers, of course, look at the idea of bench boosting on seven, which I think is a bit wild. I, I've got to be honest. Um, as you said, though, there, there are still going to be some options. It's it's a double game week. It, inevitably, the, the EV is there for some players, but I think there's such a limited pool of players, and I'm not even sure, for example, genuinely this time, that I would go against Haaland just to push towards Morris, who already doesn't really seem like a fantastic transfer for myself. And the key thing here is that, for example, you have someone like Trafford, who has a slightly higher EV than, let's say, Kaminsky. But if you look at the fixtures, I think I would rather go for Kaminsky because like the EV difference is 0.2 and Kaminsky gets to play Everton and Burnley. So uh, it's a much better bet, I think. If if you give me the option, I would actually go for none of them. <laughs> if you were to ask me to pick one of them, I would definitely go for Kaminsky. And I think we spoke about this earlier before we recorded and Giles seems to be the only possible option from uh, Luton just because even Kabore has lost his place and even though his replacement got injured, in the last game, I don't know if he's going to start. And for someone like me who already owns Kabore, it's okay. I'm going to play him because even if he starts one and is benched in one, it's quite okay. EV-wise, it's still pretty good. But for someone to buy Kabore, I would just discourage them to do that. And as you said, at the striker position, I think Morris is the only probably decent option. So when I run a solve without 
thinking of a wild card, Ryu tells me to transfer in Morris for Watkins. Be- just because the run-in for them is quite decent. I think it's Wolves, Fulham and then the double game week, right? So, it's it's not bad for Luton uh, if you look at those four fixtures. Now, obviously, if there were no double game week and you had looked at those fixtures, I don't think you would have transferred him in. So, again, you have to go back to what was your thought process before the double game week was announced and after and what is the EV difference and do you think that you punting on someone like Morris is going to pay dividends because of course once you bring him in the temptation to captain him is going to be strong and rightly so because he is slightly ahead on Holland uh, of Holland on EV so it's a very tricky decision to make and I don't uh, envy anyone who has to decide between something like maybe wild carding or not just based on this double game because i don't think it should be such a central topic or central theme of your fpl season 100 percent. I, I i think i mean a lot of people have been talking about let's say eight nine ten wild cards yeah and, and and a lot of that discussion has been spurred because of the double game week seven and if, if the ev gains are so small I, I mean i i just can't see myself being prompted by this double game week and ultimately it's very hard right now to actually calculate which is sort of the next topic that we have a, a wild yeah. card and when the best wild card would be for you know our very own team dependent team so one interesting discussion that i actually saw on the twitter timeline was i think where luke sort of started the discussion of how he thinks wild card 10 is a good week for him which sort of led to review suggesting how we should probably look towards running solves for wild cards on different game weeks just to see for example the sort of ev gain that we would get without decay and yeah he suggested effectively running souls with 1.01 uh decay what do you think about that yeah, so just to give a bit of background about this, so review currently does not have non-decayed mince input, which is why if you, let's say, activate a wildcard in FPL review solver at, let's say, game weeks 8, 9, or 10, it's not going to give you the uh, similar result to compare. So you cannot really compare because the minutes are decayed further or the EV is decayed further as you go further down the line. So right now, the workaround that review has given us is essentially that you set the solver setting of decay to 1.01 which essentially inverts the decay so you can get around that for now and i think he's working on getting the fix in as as soon as he can that's one thing that you need to be cognizant of before you start comparing wild cards in 8 9 or 10 because i suspect that without this trick 8 is going to be the natural winner because it's earlier and then you get a huge ev boost in an earlier week which means that you get a lot more ev than you do further down the line so just be careful of when you run solves and compare these uh, wildcard runs because a lot of that was happening before review stepped in and told us this uh, workaround. So just be cognizant of that fact. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I think it's an interesting point because, I mean, if you were to, let's say, wildcard this week, the hot topic and, and really the hot transfers would be to move into, you know, having a bench of, let's say, Newcastle players, but actually, really, it's Sun captaincy and, and even going for Madison yeah. as well, who I've seen, for example, on some optimal wildcard solves where I think the midfield that you'd probably most often be suggested if Salah's not included is to have, let's say, Son, Madison, Saka, Fernandez, and Bumo. So that sort yep. of great lineup of penalty, penalty takers probably getting the full weightage of both the Spurs penalty takers as well. Um, and I mean, ultimately, this week is, is, is all about that Sheffield United game for, for these Spurs players where for a lot of us who started with, let's say, United uh, or 2x United midfielders and 2x Arsenal midfielders, it doesn't seem to make 
too much logical sense from a you know six to eight game week ev point of view but really there is a lot of immediate ev to be gained um by looking at let's say a sun transfer or even a madison transfer that i think a lot of people maybe outside of analytics would be looking at what, what do you sort of th feel about that no absolutely you've hit the nail on the head with uh the double spurs midfield which i think is essential if you were to punt on the sheffield united game as a whole but again you have to think holistically and see if that ev gain that immediate ev gain and then the subsequent ev loss because remember that they are going to play arsenal and liverpool in the next two weeks and you you have both the midfielders so if spurs play badly you suddenly lose out on two midfield slots and there are other players like rashford bruno saka who have better games i mean saka plays madison and son in one of those games but uh, as if you look at the two games stretch uh, they have better games so you might lose out on more ev than you gain in that one week and of course you use a transfer as well so that's even more ev loss technically speaking so that's why i think running solves with your own solver settings is more important because if you value short term gains more you can set solver settings accordingly to tailor your transfers as such which means that your transfer strategy might be wildly different from someone else's who uses maybe even default review strategy which is I think quite a safe strategy when it comes to suggesting transfers based on EV gains. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. And I think, it, as you say, it comes down to your individual team situation as well. Because if you, let's say, have two free transfers this week, I do think actually moving towards Sun, if you have the chance to do so, makes sense. And it probably will appear amongst, you know, top two, top three lines. I was speaking to Marco on Twitter and he was running some sensitivity analysis on, on, on his solves and, and actually you know, going towards Sun actually makes a lot of sense for him. But it's not, for example, the number one line when he just runs a, a simple sort of heavy solve. And so that's something to think about. If you're actually in a position to be flexible, such as having two free transfers, and maybe you have a little bit of doubt on some of the transfers that review suggests, like let's say Trippier, who I think will be an interesting talking point when we talk about defenders just, just after. But if you're a bit cautious about that, yeah, there is some upside really to be gained from yeah. Sun and maybe you can tap into that. But it really, I would only do it if I really had that sort of safety of um, two free transfers and if I didn't have any issues with my team. Because frankly, I've been an early transfer terrorist myself. And as we move into defenders now, I mean, I, I moved into Yudogi to capture a price <laughs> rise, first of all and to move out of shaw. and and also the shaw the short price drop you you miss the short price drop as well Thanks. so that's like a point two tv game exactly and and actually yeah, you know yeah. yudogi with good x-mins like let's say 82 83 he's pretty close to to trip yours immediate ev versus brentford and there's still for example this sort of discussion to be had about rotation i i do think the the interesting thing about trip here is he played 3300 minutes last season that's incredible. And I really think that his fitness is not something that we should sort of laugh at. And I do find it hard to believe that he wouldn't be starting all these consecutive games with maybe actually, for example, something like the EFL Cup game versus City, where maybe, I'm not sure, maybe Newcastle could even sack it. But it, it's hard for me to see him actually being rotated as much as, as people were initially worried about. I, I don't know how you feel about that. No, I mean, exactly the same camp as you, where I feel like Let's say you have consecutive midweek games and then you also have, let's say, some Champions League knockout game after that. Uh, we are talking about way down the line here, by the way, because in the group stages, it's already kind of decided that you have a midweek game and then you have a game on the weekend. 
and and the EFL game I I think is an exception as you said that where they could just play a completely second string squad and that is exactly where someone like Livramento could get a chance to play instead of Trippier. But as you said, I don't think there's going to be a, a chance of him missing out on games when there are let's say two games a week for the, the group stages especially. Uh, later down the line, if we have let's say multiple. Premier League games followed by a Champions League game, then we can maybe think about, oh, is he going to miss one of the midweek games or something? Because those are equally important. But right now, given the tough fixtures that Newcastle had and subsequently the poor start that they've had to the season, it doesn't seem that it's on the cards for now. But I understand where people's apprehension comes from because naturally he's growing older and even last season we've seen that him getting subbed off, even though it was a nice thing for owners, is not really a good thing in the grand scheme of things because if he's getting subbed earlier, it means that his fitness is not up to the mark. So the easiest thing would be to just arrest him for a couple of games. But that didn't really pan out because I think that was during the first half of the season, but we didn't really see that during the second half of the season. So given given his kind of um, consistency with minutes in, let's say, the last 19-20 games that Newcastle have played, I wouldn't worry too much. If, if review shows you a line where he is clear-cut the, the optimal move or the, the move with the most EV gain, I would just go for it, like like it has for me, for example. So I might just go for a trip here this week and and have a double Newcastle defense from game week six onwards. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. I, I'm actually, I, I was initially suggested trip here, but Yudogi was very close. So as I said, I made yeah. that move. Plus, yeah. you have to kind of factor in these sort of price rises and falls. Um, I was very fortunate, of course, that Yudogi actually got sick. So he didn't even meet that for example u21 call up for the italian national team yeah. um so yeah we'll see what happens there i think actually on, on trip here the tough thing too is let's say even if you're waiting for game week six to actually pick him up the issue is that easy game on paper versus sheffield united is something that you still have to sort of punt into right because you're gonna see that ac milan game right beforehand and the first instance where we might see for example Trippier get rotated on an easy game on paper is game week six so that is probably the biggest issue with moving into Trippier yeah um yeah. I'll still probably move into that because I don't really have any planned transfers up until game week eight where once again if we go back to Sun for example that's for example the second avenue where you'd be looking back into getting Madison or Sun depending on how we feel about those two players by then um, and then actually, of course, if, if you've got the chance to go for a Spurs defender, I suppose Poro is actually someone who we could talk about because his underlying stats are out of this world. But, you know, for, for people who are very concerned about X-Mins, I think that they've got the right to, to be concerned because Emerson's actually a very capable replacement compared to, let's say, Davies is for Udogi. So that's the, yeah, the tough situation yeah. there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the, con the, the contest for the right-back position is... Much more lively compared to the left back. For me, someone like me who prefers uh, stable X-Men's, I would just avoid them. But if you catch, like for example, a Pedro Porro game against Sheffield United and he starts, he could absolutely haul. Because as you said, his XGI is through the roof. And it's again like a matter of timing and a matter of luck, obviously. Because you, you get to have him play against a weak squad like Sheffield's. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think, I mean, the last player in terms of crazy XGI through the roof that I think I, I might mention is Matty Cash. We know Moreno is, is actually back, but I mean, Matty Cash is insane numbers. Like he's actually rivaling some yeah. of the best midfielders in terms of expected goal involvement. And it's a little ludicrous, to be honest. I don't know how you feel about him. There clearly seems to be obviously an issue where Aston Villa are also very poor defense. And even though they're 
entering into a decent run of fixtures, maybe that he's still not the pick that you'd like to go for. I don't I don't know how you feel about him in general. Yeah, so if if you saw the game against Liverpool, the the key part of Cash playing at right wing was the fact that they had a good enough centre back partnership going on, which meant that he didn't need to play there because Konza was playing as a fullback and they had Diego Carlos and Pau Torres as centre backs. But now the problem is, I think Diego Carlos got injured, which is why this, in the second half, Matty Cash went back to right back. And Konza came into centre back into a centre back position. So if that is the case, and if Diego Carlos is not fit for let's say the next few games, then I think he loses his appeal very quickly because he's going to play the traditional right back role once again. And if that's the case, then I would just wait till they have enough centre backs again because I think Tyrone Mings is gone for a long time. If I'm not wrong, he, his injury was quite bad. So unless Diego Carlos comes back soon, I would just wait and watch because I think his impact or the impact of him having such a tremendous XGI is a result of the right wing position instead of right back. So if we can get to see him play at right wing again, I think he would be an immediate focus for me for whichever game week comes next. Yeah, makes sense. I think it's just interesting to, to touch on him because he's a little bit of an anomaly now and obviously very oh, yeah. positionally dependent. Um, but in terms of forward transfers, just to sort of round things off this week, I think it's a position where actually we're becoming incredibly bored with players unless they have some sort yeah. of miraculous super haul. But, you know, you're looking at a horizon where Isaac becomes quite interesting. But actually, I think this season he's probably slightly worse of a pick going forwards, even though we might say that this Newcastle team is sort of continuously building on, on their strength uh, as an attacking unit. The concern for me, I think, is his X-Men's is still really poor. And compared to last season, he's no longer getting those additional sort of left-wing minutes because they now have really good depth between Barnes and, and Gordon. And that sort of makes me a bit concerned about overall his value. I, I get maybe 68, 70 minutes of Isaac might be enough, but there just doesn't seem to be that sort of upside of, of even getting more minutes than that. So you're sort of looking at just the, the 73 minutes, let's say, maximally for um, someone like Isaac compared to someone like Julian Alvarez, who, even though on review he's got similar X-Mins, we're seeing 90 minutes per game for him. So I, I think he's an asset where not too interested in him. And as a result of that, too, not too interested in many other forwards as a transfer option because you could argue that Alvarez is now heading into a period where he's heading into some ro rotational doubt. Yeah, if you got Alvarez last week, I think that was a good time to cash into the good fixtures. And that time frame is kind of expiring now. As you, as you move further forward in terms of the game weeks, you you have less and lesser of a window to get in on the good fixtures for City and on the fact that Alvarez is a sure starter. Because the more players come back from injury or the more players are fit and ready for tactical changes, you will inevitably see him being benched once in a while. But with Onyar Isaac point, I was actually set on bringing him in last week. As in uh, last week, I was all set on bringing him in this week. And then I was convinced by a couple of people from analytics that if you look at like, his historic minutes and going forward, he's going to even play more games. So it's inevitable that he's going to not start for a game because my initial thought process was He's going to start every game. He's going to play, what, 70 minutes. He'll get subbed maybe sooner. But he's going to start. But that's not necessarily true, is it? Because they have so many attacking options now. I would say that him being a rotation uh, option is more likely than Trippier. That's all I'm going to say. So, I would rather punt on someone like Trippier than on someone like Isaac right now. But having said that, I don't think I'm going to 
ट्रिपल अप ऑन द न्यू कासल डिफेंस एंड स्टिल गोइंग टू कीप माय ऑप्शंस ओपन इन केस ऑफ एनी इंजरीज एनी अनफोर्सिन इंजरीज एंड दैट मे बी हेल्प्स अस इन मे बी सिलेक्टिंग अ मिडफील्डर और एन अटैकर ऑफ आवर चॉइस बट अंटिल देन आई थिंक आई एम हैप्पी विद विद टू न्यू कासल डिफेंडर्स बिकॉज़ दैट्स लाइक द फर्स्ट बिग फिक्सचर टर्न अराउंड इन टर्म्स ऑफ टीम्स दैट वी वांट टू टारगेट द सेकंड बीइंग लिवरपूल ऑफ कोर्स एंड दैट इज व्हाई a lot of people are talking about wild cards later on the line just that's simply to target the the fixtures that liverpool have yeah i agree with you and i mean the weird thing i think is really just i, I don't know exactly what's going on with wilson's fitness because I, i i remember seeing some news about how he wasn't even involved in some of the england training and i i can't really understand but you know when he's fit he is someone who can easily take away isaac's position and we've seen that before um but he seems to yeah. really be struggling with his fitness so yeah, yeah too busy slagging off his uh, <laughs> his his colleagues his professional colleagues right yeah i mean <laughs> okay and and the last topic really this week uh, as per usual is going to be captaincy it's an interesting week of course haland finally not the number one option and actually the, there are two options who are arguably clear of him one option who's not so popular in in many teams in terms of son from an analytics perspective and then sala where i think there 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 have been a slightly divergent crowd who already own sala and probably could be looking at him again this week but as i said you know some people to free transfers could very easily move into son and i i think i can understand wanting to do that transfer as well because if you're let's say well set up got a good bench uh you don't have too much of a a depth issue from a defensive point of view for game week 5 you, you it's sort of all clear for son captaincy i would probably do it if if i had the chance to jump into some of two free transfers and if i own salah i'd probably captain him too i don't know i don't know how you feel yeah with salah i don't think there's enough ev gap for me to go there if i did own him of course i don't but with some i i'm getting more and more convinced that if you were to transfer in song you would have to captain him that is a big part of the ev gain that you bring him in and you captain him because for that you are sacrificing one free transfer right so that has some inherent ev loss built into it so in order to compensate for that you have to get in all the ev that you can and the one way is to captain song who has a considerably higher ev than than all and i think it's 0.6 right now and it it is subject to change as we get closer to the deadline but 0.6 and subsequently 1.2 when you captain him is not that bad it's something that could make a lot of difference between let's say elite 1000 and not elite 1000 if you know what i mean so in that sense yes even even though necessarily i don't think that you should keep that target in mind but just a target of having a healthy ev uh, even from that perspective son son is a great pick this week i am going to run solves once again closer to the deadline right now son is not really a uh, suggested transfer for me but if he is further down the line i might bring him in my only worry as we've spoken earlier on the pod is the two fixtures right after this one and if uh, spurs have a tough time there immediately you you would panic and that could you know force even more some optimal moves down the line so it, it's rather i would rather have more free transfers in hand and react accordingly Uh, but yeah if, if you do on song now's the time to captain him perfect well i think this sort of rounds up this week's episode thank you guys so much for listening and we'll catch you guys next week uh, see you guys next week and just before we uh, sign off one thing is we will be releasing a ucl fantasy pod uh, next week and also my ev model is coming out next week so stay tuned on both of our timelines and you'll get get to see the updates so have a good one bye